0: Basal insulins that are administered just once weekly are on the horizon. In this third episode of Increasing Options to Improve Outcomes, Examining the Role of Once Weekly Basal Insulin Formulations, listen and learn about the rationale for once weekly insulins from the noted investigator, Dr. Athena Phyllis Tsimikas. Access the full series and complete the post test at peerview.com forward slash KNZ 860. So,
1: what are the recognized attributes of once-weekly basal insulins that could really make this much easier for patients to use. And certainly convenience is at the top of the list. Greater convenience, potentially better medication adherence, improved health-related quality of life, a less overwhelming sense of treatment, and easier for individuals in need of medical assistance. So how can we make a case for once-weekly basal insulin? And the easiest thing might be to just think about what would the difference be. It's the difference between having to take 365 injections per year and be able to minimize that to just 52. It's the potential to facilitate insulin initiation, making it easier for the physician to ask the patient once a week to start the basal insulin and improve treatment adherence and persistence for the long term. And it should and could have comparable efficacy in lowering glucose in a safe way compared to the daily basal insulins and could be more predictable, reliable, and flatter from the PK-PD profile perspective. If we could achieve all of these things with a once-weekly insulin, this would certainly become an ideal way and approach to treating our patients that require insulin. Do we have any examples of medications that were daily and were switched to once weekly? And how did patients improve or adhere when they switched to those once weekly? And we do have examples, especially with the GLP-1 receptor agonists, which started out as daily injections. And once the once weeklies became available, studies were done, which showed that you could have better adherence with the once weekly GLP-1 receptor agonists. So it is postulated that with a once-weekly insulin, you might see the same kind of better adherence. So who are some patients that might benefit from once-weekly basal insulin? And in my opinion, almost all patients would benefit and would greatly accept having to do an injection just once a week as opposed to daily. But there are a few situations in which this might be even more valuable, such as residents in long-term care facilities with busy nurses that if they only had to do the injection once a week could be valuable. Those with inadequate glycemic control who are receiving multiple glucose-lowering agents, insufficient glycemic control with other injectable. Treatments that are intolerant or have contraindications to other treatments. These would be patients that in a general sense would need insulin, but certainly could benefit from a once-weekly dosing. Those with very stable glucose control could also benefit. We know what their dose is. You could do a simple conversion and place them on a a once-a-week dose, especially if you know that they are not having frequent hypoglycemia or any hypoglycemia on that current dose. And those that have a predictable lifestyle, so those that might not need to adjust their insulins up and down based on what their eating habits might be from a week to week or a day-to-day basis how long does it take a once-weekly insulin to reach steady state? From earlier phase two studies that have been done, we know that it can take anywhere from three to five weeks to reach a steady state. As you can see here, if you compare that to insulin glargine, which can reach a steady state, usually within the first three to six days of use, it does take a little bit longer, but once achieved, can have a very steady release and effect. Does it matter where you might inject insulin? We know that traditionally we train patients to inject insulin in various sites in the abdomen, but patients are also using upper arm or thigh. And once weekly, insulin could be used in any of these locations as well. And it has been shown to be very effective. What are some additional best practices in patient education about insulin therapy? And having access to a diabetes self management education program is optimal. Thinking about all the steps required in order to make a patient aware of what might happen once they start using insulin is important. You also want to have appropriate training at the time of initiation of insulin related to where the injections should be done, what to do with the needles once they are used. You want to be able to schedule that follow-up visit and then be able to review what is that titration algorithm with them and what have they achieved by the time they come back. There are some special populations that you might need to think about, in particular those that might have some renal disease in which they might be a little bit more insulin sensitive, this is a patient population that you might want to start off with either a lower titration or a slower titration to avoid any hypoglycemia. So in summary, out of the cases that were discussed, really the third one with the 52-year-old with a three-year history of type 2 diabetes, an elevated A1c that really has a hard time remembering to take his insulin on a daily base and also has maybe a different lifestyle on the weekends compared to the week this is a case in which having a slower release, very steady basal insulin could be incredibly valuable in maintaining those blood sugar levels as well as avoiding hypoglycemia.
0: This activity is certified by PVI, Peerview Institute for Medical Education. Remember to download the slides and practice aids. Thank you for listening. Download materials and complete the post-test for instant credit at peerview.com forward slash KNZ 860. This activity is supported by an educational grant from Novo Nordisk Incorporated.